get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good afternoon. Good night. How's everybody doing this evening? We're here at Sports Info UM. I'm Daryl. This is my man Sam. How's it going, Sam? It's going good. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to another great show at Sports Info UM. If you would like to join the conversation, uh, feel free to give us a call at 386-523-1380. A lot of, lot of great sports stories out there today. We're going to do our best to touch on everything. And, uh, we're going to start off, you know, in the baseball world. Uh, Performance, <laughs> pets, performance enhancing drugs. You know, uh, it's a uh, it's tough when you get caught and uh, we had um, Cologne get caught and uh, Melky Cabrera in a week, a week apart. You have two superstars that uh, have been suspended 50 games by Major League Baseball for using uh, performance enhancing drugs. And uh, you know, there's no place in the game for cheating. And uh, that's basically what what has happened. And uh, you know, one of the guys went as far as to create a fake website in order to extend his case. Uh, so you know, it's it's one thing to cheat, but then when you try to cover it up by having your handlers uh, create a a fake website, you know, that's a major problem to me. That's more than a 50-game suspension. What are your thoughts on that, Daryl? You know, man, my my thoughts on this whole thing is um, who's doing the cover-up? Is it the players that's covering up, or is it baseball that's covering it up? You know, I I really think that Major League Baseball, if they really wanted to clean up their programs, they could clean their programs up. But when you look at this whole steroid thing, it's like they pick and choose who they want to stop. You know what I mean? I mean. I've seen so much of this stuff for so long, and you know it. When you you can almost look at the athletes and tell, hey man, it's a change in this guy's life. You can look at some of the way these guys are walking around and say there's a change in their life. But the guy Victor Conti came out last week and said at least 50 percent of Major League Baseball players are on the steroids. My problem with this whole thing is that it's almost like when a baseball player comes out and says that, what comes out and find, we find out that a baseball player has been using performance-enhancing drugs. It's a big deal. Sean Merriman last year, uh, two years ago, he came out, he got busted for using steroids in the NFL. It's not a big deal when the NFL players are doing this thing. You know, you look at Lance Armstrong. Here's another guy. He, he basically said, hey, I am tired of fighting you guys with this steroid issue. I will, I will relinquish all of my awards. You can have it. Just don't mess with me, mess with me no more about the steroid. And I really don't think they could ever find... They never really found anything. They never on, found on a single thing, Daryl. They never. never did. And he went through every test available at every single time, and they never found a single thing. This was a clearly it was a witch hunt. Uh, he clearly, fi- he finally said, "Look, we know who the man is. I won it seven times. Everybody knows it." Okay, U.S. Cycling Association, up yours. But the deal is, guess what, guys? That hurt the U.S. Cycling Association more than anything else because when you take your headliner out. It's bad. They were it trying to make a point it is that's going to end up And you know, the, the guy before him, Greg LeMond, yes. he won a lot of races, and he's never, ever been associated no. with performance-enhancing drugs. No. And it's always been like a witch hunt with this Lance Armstrong. Yes. But when we look at the witch hunt, 
Look at the percentage of Latin players that get busted for steroids in baseball. What did you? What would you think it is? Fifty percent, twenty percent, ten percent? Sixty-eight percent. Sixty-eight percent of the guys I, that I, get I, busted I, in baseball for enhanced, yeah. performance enhancing drugs are Latin Latin players. Come on, man. I, I mean, you're talking about a witch hunt. Let's go to that witch hunt. Oh. Hey, but that's not a witch hunt. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You're talking about the, the numbers. The numbers don't lie. I mean. To, now, in the Armstrong case, you, you have your argument. Right. He has never tested positive. Right. You, you have guys that have been a part of his team that are saying that they saw him allegedly using performance-enhancing drugs. But now, when you go to the Latin players, I don't really think it's fair to Lance that you categorize him with those guys. No, that's you, totally separate. Yeah, that, no, that is totally, totally separate. Now, totally because on, on paper, but no, on paper, you have them. They're be, they have been caught. They've taken tests and they have been proven that it was their urine. With with Lance, we don't have that. Right. So and or I the mean, doping charges, which yeah. is exchanging the oxygenated blood and whatnot. There's another story in sports right now, which I found to be fantastic, and I know you guys too, especially Daryl, because he's older than you, Sam. And that's the Roger Clemens story. Wow. The guy decided he was going to. Pitching a minor year, league 50 game. Years old. He looked came good. out Sugarland, six, six and two third innings. He threw, you know, the majority of it was strikes. He threw in the 88s. Yeah. And and there, I I found a story today online that really cracked me up. You know who's really interested in him? The lowly Astros because they're in Texas. I mean, they're that desperate. They're trying to put some butts in those seats. But he's 50 years old. Hey, outstanding job for what he did. You know, but my thing with Roger Clemens is, and, and he's throwing uh, up a smoke screen too. Yeah, Let's don't get it twisted. I know, I know. You know, Roger Clemens, he reminds, you know, not, he, not that he reminds me of Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson was one of those guys like, Ricky, would you please retire so we could put you in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I mean, really. Right. He played from 1979 <laughs> to, to 2003. We're like, Ricky, retire so you could go to the Hall of Fame. Roger Clement is almost the same way as Ricky. He's going back to play so we don't have to have the Hall of Fame conversation about him now. At least, for, at five least for five years. years. Yeah, that's right. And no. I think that he, he really is going to go back and play. And by then, trust me. It'll be a bigger sports story out, and it'll make his sports story look minute, and he'll be able to slip into the Hall of Fame and go on about his merry way. So that's that's how I feel about but this. But you know Roger something, the and, thing and about the, the drugs, thing. and and you guys know this, the minute that you're accused of doing it, you might as well be guilty of it in a, in a big way, but that ruins their career forever. I mean, it ruins their reputation. It ruins their reputation, but, you know, a lot of these clubs, they're still signing these guys, and they're still paying them a lot of money to go out and perform. So uh, until they can't produce on the, um, on the baseball field, these guys, they're, they're still going to be employed. That's just um, it's just the, the facts. I mean, they're going to pay these guys. Uh, some guys have been caught multiple times, and they're still getting the opportunity to play. And, uh, you know, hey, Roger, at the age of 50, the guy's taking care of himself. He's, yeah. doing, he's doing something, and uh, and uh, and also going back to the baseball Hall of Fame. I, I really think that the baseball, first of all, they have a they, their rules are more lax than any other other sports when it comes to testing. And uh, two, I, I really think that the way that they're getting at some of these guys is they're they're not allowing them. To, to enter the Hall of Fame, even though they have Hall of Fame uh, numbers. So now when you look at the Baseball Hall of Fame, you're probably going to have to look at the, the pre-steroids. And, and really in this day and age, a lot of people are, 
are assuming that most of the guys are using performance enhancing drugs. So you almost have to set a different set of criteria for the guys that are in it now. And the great Derek Jeter, you know, he laughed it off, but he was even accused of uh, using steroids this week because he's having such a great season at the age of 37. Well, Alex Rodriguez was accused of um, steroids, I think it was about maybe two years ago. No, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, Alex Rodriguez. He was accused, and he said he said he took something that his cousin gave him from uh, from the Dominican. And he brought it back from the Dominican, and he took it. You know, hey, his career really has not been the same since then. And I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think the drugs make a difference. You know, some people say, well, the drugs can't make you hit the ball any better. I would disagree with that because we saw players like Mark McGuire come from out of come from just being a, a, a good player to being an awesome hitter. We we saw we we saw players like Brady Brady um I think this kid name was Brady Anderson man he hit 50 home runs and stole 50 bases one year out of nowhere and nobody said anything but oh he's a really good player he's a really good player so I really think the drugs make a difference but. It also fattens your pocket, and that is ultimately the reason why these guys take the steroids is because it makes their pockets fat. I don't care if you take steroids for five years and you don't get caught until your fifth year and you've made $10 million a year for five years. I think you walk away pretty happy. You're going to walk away pretty happy, and you're only going to be suspended for 50 games, so you're still going to make close to $7 million. So you can say, hey, I can cheat and make seven million dollars you know hey that that that's not a bad deal and I, i'm sure a lot of the athletes are looking at it that way but i think one of the bigger issues and i think major league baseball now they're starting to address it is they're starting to look at some of the guys that are hanging around the players the the guys that are that are, that are having access to the clubhouses the entourages and and those type of guys who are um convincing these players and you know it, it's it's going to be a, a tough task for baseball and all of these sports that you almost have to go to Olympic style doping uh, to, if you're going to catch these guys because now they're using the um, synthetic uh, and it's out of your system quicker and within two days so if they don't test those guys and, and most tests in most sports leagues they're random so unless you have an idea that a guy's using it's going to be tough to catch these guys because it's going to be out of their system a lot quicker than it has been in the past. I'll tell you what, it's a 162-game season. That's a long time on the body, and the stars have to be on the field to sell the tickets. And let's face it, day after day after day with, without days off, it's pretty grueling, double headers, and uh, it's a demanding sport. You've got to really put your body in there, and if they have any collisions or dive for balls, there's a lot that's involved in that sport. Now, let me take baseball in a different direction, guys. I saw the best baseball game I think I've seen in decades. And I saw it on Saturday. And it was the Tennessee team playing California for the United States Championship. In score, what? It was 24 to 15. At one point, it's 15 to 5. Would you believe the California team came up in the bottom of the seventh, scored 10 runs to tie it? And then the other team came up and did that. One player that was on there hit three three-run home runs and set a, a new Little League World Series record. Isn't that the purest of baseball to watch these young kids? Let me ask you a question. If you knew that before the game, that kid's dad gave him two Super Bs, those vitamins that really pep you up, 
You know, it's like it's like the natural five-hour energy. It's like the natural. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like the natural Red Bull. Yeah. Or if, the, or if his dad gave him a five-hour energy before mm-hmm. the match, how would you feel about that? Would you consider that a form of cheating, or would you would you consider that a form of a guy taking it to another level to get an edge for his child? I think it would be both. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, you don't have a problem with no. it. We don't have a you don't have a problem with the vitamins. I don't have a problem with a 12-year-old you, taking, taking you're a, a red You're not condoning him. Uh, but, but, you know, some kids drink a lot of Sprite. Some kids drink coffee. I mean, Mountain like, Dew. Yeah, it's, ca- it, it's caffeine. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference. Okay. There, there's I a big difference. Super B's then, the vitamins. Vitamins, to me, to me, there's nothing wrong with a kid taking vitamins. I mean, when you're rubbing clear on your arm or using... Yeah. Synthetic uh, drugs, you know, to me yeah. that's a problem. But you, you're talking about uh, a Red Bull or yeah. or, or vitamins. I, I don't really Monster think of energy. Yeah, I don't, I don't so, think so that that's a problem. So y'all don't have a problem with that. And I'm telling you right now, it is a problem. If you're gonna if you're gonna dose your kid up on caffeine and, and nicotine for a football or for a sporting event. That's a problem. And this is where it starts. We start now with the Red Bull and the nicotine. And next thing you know, he's in high school, and there's some kids talking about curatine or curatine or whatever they call this yeah. stuff. He say, wait, give me a shot of that. You know what I mean? And then he tells his dad, oh, dad, my friend gave me some clarity. Where did he get it from? Okay, let me ask about you guys. You played on national championship football teams. You also played in the pros. What about the fact that when you get an injury, how they can go directly to the injury and you get a shot and you're able to play? You know, you see a lot of guys in college that uh, uh, I was very blessed that I didn't really have to take any shots. But uh, you, you see some guys, they don't practice all week and, and they're uh, going through rehab and they'll take a shot where they can kind of numb the area so guys can go out and play. Uh, a lot of times uh, when, when you're a player, you have that Warriors mentality. You're not thinking about the long-term effects that stuff can have on you. So, uh you know, it, it, it's a tough situation. It, it's one of those things that we're going to always be uh, fighting. And I'm, have, I'm having so much fun. I'm going a minute beyond the break. <laughs> we'll be right back with more sports info. You stay tuned. The crab stop. Garlic crabs, steamed crabs, the best crabs in town. The crab stop. Garlic crabs, steamed crabs, the best garlic crabs in town. 933 West International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida. Daily lunch and drink specials. Steamed blue crabs, fried blue crabs, gator bites, all kinds of soup, lobster bisque, clam chowder, tilapia fried, fried whiting, table combos daily. Don't forget to come to the crab stop. 933 West International Speedway Boulevard, Daytona Beach, Florida, 386-253-4616. Sports Info loves the crab stop. In the market for photos, call Swords Photography at 904-885-3541 or email us at swordsphotography at yahoo.com. We are here to serve all your needs from little league to big league and everything in between. Mention sports info and receive a 10% discount. We can be reached by phone again at 904-885-3541 or by email at swordsphotography at yahoo.com. 
Swords for Photography, here to serve your needs from Little League to Big League and everything in between. What? $120 an hour just to work on my car? How about $49 for a labor hour? State certified auto mechanics, state of the art equipment, 50 years of combined experience. David Moore Auto Service, located just south of Herbert Street in Port Orange, 3664 Jackson Street in Port Orange, 290 4866. 290 4866. Give them a call. $49 for labor hours? David Moore Auto Service. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. Ray, welcome back to Sports Info UM on Voice America World Radio. This is Daryl, my man Sam, right beside me. I'll tell you what, I got something special for you now. Let us have it, Roland. Let's What's see going if, on? Let's see if you recognize it here. And spring became a summer. Who'd have believed you'd Sweet Caroline. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Sweet Caroline. I was trying to think who sang who sang this song. Uh, Tony, not Tony Curtis. No, 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 no. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. So listen to this. This is what's going to happen at Penn State. Are you ready? I'm ready. You mean they can't they can't play that song they anymore? They can't play that song anymore. Why? Is that some kind of affiliation with uh, Sandusky? I have no idea, but they are going to take it out of the repertoire. Uh-huh. No more Sweet uh-huh. Caroline. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but um, uh-huh. yeah, it's kind of curious, isn't it? Yeah, that is, that is kind of curious. And, you know, they took Joe Paterno's statue down, so they might as well stop playing the music. Yeah. You know, might as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Are we done with this steroid thing, man? You know, I saw a picture of Barry Bonds last week riding a bicycle. Yeah. And his head has shrunk seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, there's no lie. He's lost. He must have lost, like, at least 40 pounds. You mean your head swells up? And his head has shrunk <laughs> four or five inches, man. Wow. It's unbelievable. Now, if that's not a sign that he was on steroids... It's you know and, you know back in the day in the eighties when steroids not when they first came out because I remember watching track and field one year and the Germans came out and they all looked like men all the women looked like mm-hmm. men they won a track team on the swimming pool they all in the swimming pool and they all looked like men and that was like the beginning of the steroid era. Now when I was in college the big thing was you could see guys swelling up. I mean, literally swelling up. They'd be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they and weren't pumping weights. like steroid weights. Okay. You know, where, where guys would just take a refrigerator and throw it down the stairs. You know, for what? No reason. Just steroid weights. Now, what came along with the steroids, how you could kind of know who, who was on them and who wasn't on them, it was a big issue with pimples. Like, pimples get oh, on yeah. your body all acne, over. Acne. Acne yeah. all over your back. Now that's a sign that you know you know guys are kind of on the juice. So I've I've lived with this thing, played with guys that were on them, played with guys that didn't use them, were scared to use them. So it's 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 been a part of sports for me since I got to college. Now at Miami, did you guys you know because at some universities you have guys they're not using steroids but they're using creatine, they're using uh, all of these supplements. You know what? what creatine was not out in the eighties when I was in college. Uh, what, 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 about, college what about what about what about what about what about supplements though? Like were, were you guys giving supplements? Because you know you hear stories about some guys after they work out they have a they go get their supplements or whatever. Now the major universities they have juice bars in the weight room where they can go get all the nutrition. 
tuition or whatever that's uh, that they need. I know when I was in college in the um, in the late nineties, uh, creatine was starting to hit big, and you know we had guys they wanted to they wanted to start taking creatine. And our weight coach, you know, he's an old school weight coach, one of the first guys that um, he helped. Uh, and then hammer strength and manual resistance. Uh, Mike Gittleson, uh, his big thing with creatine was if you drink enough water, <laughs> then you would be fine. You know, you didn't need to go out and, and take a supplement to get stronger, to get bigger or stronger. So, you know, uh, the, the, the reality of, of it all is, is these young athletes, they're looking for an edge. And, and sometimes you can sell them you can sell them a dream and you know and, and if they think what you're selling them is going to help them get to college or to the next level they're going to they're try that and, and parents are no different you know that you want your kid to have the edge and at the but at the end of the day it's your talent it's your work ethic those are the things that's going to get you to where you need to be and uh, you know it's just very unfortunate that a lot of these guys that uh, we look at as superstars and role models that they disappoint us And but at the end of the day no one's perfect you know uh, it's not right. I'm not condoning it. And if you're a player, you just got to work hard and you got to be committed to what you're doing and good things are happening. And you can't worry about what the person next to you is doing. You just got to worry about you and you got to stay the course. You know, we could say that, but if if me and you together, we're both fighting for a position on a team and you're on the juice and I'm not on the juice, I think you got an edge. I, I, I might work hard, but if everything is equal, you probably have an edge. Now, the, one of the problems we've had with, with, with um, performing enhancing drugs is that we've only had really one fatal fatal death from this whole thing. And that's the only person I can think of is Lyle Alzado. He died. All right? And they really didn't say he died because of steroids. Now, if we had more fatalities involved in the steroids, if we saw people just almost fade away or... They, they contracted some kind of disease after they stopped taking the steroids. We probably see more people stop taking them. But in reality, we don't really know the final outcome of the steroids. We can look at this thing 20 or 50 years from now and say, wow, this guy's still living. He's 120 years old. Well, who is that? That's Barry Bonds. He took steroids 20 years ago, 50 years ago, man. That's why he's living like this. So we really don't know the outcome of this stuff. And until we do, and until, or until something <laughs> fatal happens, we're probably going to be looking and, at an era of steroids. And by the way, Daryl Oliver is not on steroids right now. No, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not, not on steroids. He's on Dunkin' Donuts but, coffee. But you know, you, you have you have a slight advantage. You know, if we're competing against each other, playing the same position, you might recover more. But uh, you know, when you're out there on the field, it, it's not going to make you any smarter. It's not going to make you react. Uh, you know, there's just certain things that when you're on the field, because you, you see it all the time. You have a guy that's a four. Or five, and you have a guy that's a four eight. But if you can't read your keys and react, then that, th those steroids ain't gonna do you any if good. If it was all equal, if we read the keys equally, if we had the same speed, nah, and yeah, you yeah, were on the like, juice and I was on, and I wasn't on the juice, and we lined up to run a forty yard dash. Hey, you, you might beat me in a forty-yard no, dash, but I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about reacting. I'm talking about reading your keys, coming downhill, taking on blocks, and, and doing all of those things. Now, as far as recovery, you know, it might take me a little longer to recover, but you, I mean, if you you see it all the time, if a guy can't get lined up and know what he's looking at, it, it's going to be tough. I don't care how fast you are. Well, right now there are some guys that's going to have some time to recover. There's been some big cuts 
in pro football this week. Maybe some of these guys wish they would have had a, a, a juice cocktail somewhere along the way because there's some big cuts in the NFL. Hey, well, one of the first big names that got cut was the Seattle Seahawks released Terrell Owens. You know, and, and you know, some people thought that T.O. was, his career was over after the injury from last year, didn't play last year, nobody picked him up last year, Seattle took a chance on him this year. You know, I kind of thought he was going to make the roster, I really did. That's one of those cuts that don't really surprise me. You know, you, you get a guy that's 38 years old, that's had a great career, he has a lot of baggage, and it, it don't surprise me now. He's he's one of those type of transactions. You bring him into camp if he performs well. Hey, great. You know we got we got a great player at a steal. But uh, you know uh, he did not perform in the preseason games. They gave him every opportunity to make the team. And uh, you know you brought him in. You gave him a look. And at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for your franchise. And uh, a younger guy outperformed him. And uh, he's no longer there. So but at some point, do the teams consider the the gate draw? The fact that they some people would come to see T.O. At the end of the day, this isn't. Uh, this isn't the indoor football league or the arena league. You know, this this is a this is a big money business. It's about winning games. It's well not said. about. But you know, I I do feel that uh, T.O. Um, has a place in the NFL. Uh, I, I think as the season progresses and some guys get hurt, that him and Chad Johnson will be uh, great options to bring in uh, guys that are veterans that won't take long to get caught up to speed and learning the system. So I, I do think. If he be patient, uh, there there will be opportunity for him. But uh, you know, and, and another factor that you have to look at with some of these cuts, if you're a veteran, if you're on the opening day roster, your con- your contract is guaranteed. So maybe a team bring him in after week one where they don't have to um, guarantee his contract. Oh. And then now, if he start becoming a distraction, you can get rid of him, and you don't have to worry about paying the remainder of his salary. What are some of the other big cuts? Well, um, another one is Vince Young. He got cut. Um, he got cut by the Buffalo Bills. Wow, what a, you know, Vince Young, I really thought he had a chance to, to do some things in Buffalo. I thought it was a resurgence of his career. I really thought that he was going to not necessarily battle for the first string job, but be a solid number two in Buffalo. You know, you hear rumors about Vince, Vince Young and the Wanderlick test when he was coming out of college. You know, he didn't do so well on this test. Uh, this is a test that they measure the intellect of NFL players. And then we hear stories around he didn't maybe, maybe he didn't pick up the offense as strong and as quickly as he should have. So I you know, maybe that's the reason he got cut. I'm not so sure. You know, uh Vince Young, a, a great talent. I had the opportunity to watch him in the Rose Bowl, and he just he he was magical, you know. And uh, yes, he was. Even in the NFL in Tennessee, he did some great things. Uh, he has some talent. I'm sure he'll. I'm hoping that he'll land somewhere. If I'm Vince Young, I'm going to try to um, latch on with someone's system that I'm very familiar with. And uh, to me, you know, uh, Coach Fisher in St. Louis, he drafted him in Tennessee, had a lot of success on him. I don't know the extent of their relationship or if he left on good or bad terms, but that's definitely someone that knows his skill set and would know how to use him, uh, and maybe he can be a, a mentor and a good backup to Sam Bradford. Well, you remember Vince Young, this is the same guy that we were looking for one Monday night, you know what I mean? He, he went up missing, then there was a story about he had a gun, his life was in danger, maybe he was possibly threatening his own life. You know, when you hear stories like that, this is not a person you can really 
you can't count on a quarterback like that. You know, and I think since then he's had some battles that he has to win within himself more than he does out in the in the public and on a football team. You definitely hate to hear those things with your franchise quarterback. But a lot of times, you know, you look at these guys, they're young, they're uh, they come into a, a great great lump sum of money uh, you have a lot of people around you and sometimes you don't know how to handle all of the stress that's associated with uh, being financially secure if you manage your money well, you know the right way I don't think Mr. Young has managed his money very well at all but he has a lot of financial issues he's suing his former agent and his financial advisors for a uh, variety of alleged improprieties with all the money that he's earned and now what he did is he took a lockout loan and the lockout loan was for like 1.69 million dollars he owes that money as of now and he has no possible way of being able to pay that money back right now so i think he's got to hook on to a team somewhere yeah, you and know, at least make 1.69 man million this you know year. And, yeah. you know teams <laughs> and, and teams know that and uh you know they can yeah. lowball him but at the same time maybe it was one of those cases he took out a loan hopefully he's not in financial trouble but uh, a lot of times you know that's another lesson that can be learned and uh you know we're, we're going to do a show on that pretty soon well he was uh, going to play the, he was going to make two million this year with the bills so we'll find out about that we have a telephone call coming in to 386-523-1380 go ahead caller you on the air uh daryl yes Wait, hey dan stubbs we got dan stubbs on the line how you doing Sam? dan Dan, what's good, going good. on man Good, 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 good. Dan, we're talking a lot about uh, about the steroid issue, and um, how do you feel about these guys getting busted so frequently in baseball? Uh, we don't really talk a lot about the steroid issue in football, even though we know it has to be there. Um, yeah, I think um, with baseball, you know, a lot of people saying that in court this half the thing. I, I think the money is in there. Um, I don't know if it's. I don't know if they have year-round testing like they do in football. So that's something I'm not, you know, familiar with. But I know one thing in the NFL, as a player, as an ex-player, all of us don't want it in. So I don't know how it feels about baseball where, you know, they're still cheating and they think they can get away with it. What our sport is, you look at um, the black sheep, if you get caught, and we know you, you know, people know you're doing it. Yeah, and, you, and, and uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, like, baseball, they have a really lax testing system, and that's why a lot of the guys are doing it. And uh, in the NFL, you're, you're tested uh, randomly and, and year-round, especially for steroids. Yeah. Hey, um, hold on, Danny. Let me clarify something. We have Danny Stubbs on our, on our just, line right now. No, this is no, the we, Danny we have Stubbs. Danny Stubbs the on Danny the line. Danny Stubbs that's on the right. line. <laughs> yep, and, and Danny played for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. And he has two national championship rings from the University of Miami. And he has one San Francisco 49er World NFL Super Bowl championships, and he has one Super Bowl championship with the uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. This and, is Danny Stubbs we're talking about. And Mr. Danny Stubbs is also in the University of Miami Sports Hall of, Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. Welcome yes, to the show, Mr. Stubbs. Pleasure to talk to you. Yep. 
Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Uh, both of them were with the Niners. I went back to back with those. Uh, not with the Cowboys. the playoff run, but I wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, not there for the uh, when they won theirs. Yep. So, Danny, what do you think about these steroids? I was just talking about how you know we played in an era where steroids had basically just came out. Um, and now they're they're out even more. They're more prevalent. They they're more sophisticated more than anything. Well, I think you know when you look at it, um, you know baseball is a fifty game um, suspension. Um, they play one hundred and eighty six. So you know, they, you know they don't get tested year round. Um, that's what I think they don't. But I know NFL players we do test it year round. Um, it's stringent. We Instead of like with Major League Baseball where the players didn't say nothing, a lot of the players in the NFL said that we don't want this in here. And like I said, if somebody gets caught, you know, it is what what it is what it is, you know, frowned upon. You look at Sean Merriman after he got caught, you know, everybody kept saying, you know, look at him, he's not you know, he's been on there. It's never the same player after he got caught. And that's something, you know, that we as an NFL player and as ex NFL player and I think we all think about it in that league is and once you get caught man your son and everybody knows that you didn't make it on your own so i think it's a little bit more i don't know how baseball treats it one way but you're like a black sheep once you're you know in here and then another thing with series in football once somebody's caught and they've been using it as a top performance i see sean merriman again he has not been the same since he's been caught uh his body breaks down and he has not been that same player before he got caught Right, and I and I made the point that you know it seems as though in football it's not a big story, in baseball it's it's a huge deal every time one of these guys get busted for uh, for performing enhancing drugs. Well, you know, the best you know I, I lived around the country. I seen Ken Caminiti one day, uh, and I was in San Diego, and I just looked at him I'm like these guys look like linebackers. Um, I lived out in San Francisco when Mark McGuire and Jose Casenco was playing for the A's, and I was living in San Francisco. We had the big earthquake um, during the World Series, and just to see these guys just grow over time and just being in the sport, you just you know take a double, you know, you take a double picture of it. You look at Barry Bonds when he was um, with Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden he looks like a linebacker, and I'm like. Uh, you know, mom home, a mom's home cooking only goes so far. <laughs> I, w- I would totally agree with agree with that, Danny. Yeah. What are you currently up to now, Danny Stubbs? What are you doing with your life? I guess it's been since 1996 when you were playing with the Dolphins. So what are you up to these days? Uh, my last year in the league was two, uh, 1999. Uh, I own a company. We do... Um, we do LED lighting, HVHC controls. We basically are a uh, green energy saving company. I'm doing it. I just got done doing a school in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Ashton Hall, Barbara Bush went to school there. Um, and we did the gym and auditorium. We redid everything in the LED lights up there. Um, we were able to get them a rebate. So I'm down there. I'm down here in South Florida. Um, I keep myself busy between that and being a uh, scrunnled UN football alumni. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Right. How you guys going to be this year, man? Speaking of UN football, you know, uh, a lot of tradition, great tradition. Uh, guys have had some struggles, got a new coach in place. Uh, you guys excited about uh, Coach Golden and the um, direction he has the program going in? 
Um, I think, you know what I do? Um, I was with Coach Sullenberger last weekend. We did a Palm Beach, um, county, um, prep cup, you know, for the alumni here. And, you know, talking to Coach Sullenberger, uh, he was explaining to me, you know, he just said something basic simple. I'm from the Northeast. I grew up there. If you can win in Temple, you can win at University of Miami. I think he has a game plan he's putting together. Um, I think he's starting to get the right kind of players where, you know, you're, you, you know, as a new coach, you have to weed through the old players. And, you know, I've been around when coaches come in, want to put their system in, and it's called cleaning the house. I think he's cleaning the house. He's going to play a lot of young guys who I think they're going to be on, you know, be on his same level of what, what needs to be achieved. Um, I think one thing also is, um, I, I think he wants to be able to develop players. Uh, the newest thing is, and it's just, I think it's a fad at UM is like, I come to school here, I play football, uh, mediocre, I get, you know, I, I still get drafted, and that's just being drafted just from the history and just people knowing about our football team. But these guys need to understand, you know, it's being mediocre, and being mediocre drafted is not, I, I don't see that as a success. I think there's a lot more talent that can be developed here and built through him, and I think Coach Golden will be able to do that. Wow. Hey, but Danny, um, you know, you played with some guys like, um, you know, Russell Marilyn, Jerome Brown, um, Cortez Kennedy, uh, Jimmy Johnson, Derwin Jones. I mean, um, Billy Hawkins. All of these guys either played in it were all playing in the NFL at one point, and those those defensive lines were just dominant forces for the University of Miami. And I mean, it was a stable of dominant forces that came through in the 80s and the early 90s. And I just don't see the University of Miami having two dominant defensive linemen, let alone four and five like we had at one point. Do you think we'll ever see the, the dominance in the defensive line and defensive defense at the University of Miami that we saw in the 90s? I think so. It's, it's just a matter of finding the right talent um, and getting the person in. Um, the kid Wilkerson, who plays for the Jets, the kid 96, um, you know, Coach Golden was able to find him and get this, nobody drafted him and was able to develop him. You know, I've got to understand, Russell Maryland, all these guys, even me, I, I played outside linebacker. I didn't lift weights when I was in school. I was developed to be a player. So not one, two. It was like the three and four years when you knew where you could be able to pick and choose. Now these guys come in, they think they're the quick fix and they see themselves on TV. You know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a real shocker when the NFL, especially these kids about this year, when the NFL when cut day comes down and they see they're not on a team or on a roster. And then they'll sit there and like, maybe I did something, you know, I did not put the time and effort. Don't forget, you know, I, you, you remember Andre Johnson, you see him, he's a man and a bond boys playing the NFL, but he was on a track scholarship. And he was a track guy, and he developed his skills. And that's always, you know, as a UN player, anybody who came in, especially if we, if, when we were playing, somebody thought they were the king of the world. There was always somebody trying to uh, put a notch on him. So I think it's, you know, you get more gratification of we all grew up. You, you grew up through the system, you developed through the system, and you made yourself proud. And that was a stable. You didn't need to be the most highly recruited person. But if you came in, worked hard, the whole nine yards. I, 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 that, that, I think when Russell was here, we were doing 110 wind sprints. We're looking at him, and he just came down from Chicago. And I said, yeah, <laughs> we're at the over-under. He would not make every 110 wind sprints. And 
I'll be damned if you, uh, you, you just sat there and he made every one of them. And we just sat there, you just had pride. It was like, yeah. kid's going to be a good player. What's the to have more heart than anybody ever met, though, really? I, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said development, though, because in this day and age, you get a lot of kids that are recruited. They're four- and five-star kids. They feel privileged when they come in. And, uh, you know, I look at some of these universities like uh, Nebraska. You look at Iowa. You look at the Wisconsin's of the world where they're not getting the marquee players year in and year out, but they have coaches that find the kids that fit their system. Uh, they don't care about the rankings, and they develop that talent over years, and, and they have good programs. And uh, if you get the right coaching staff, if if they can continue to develop the kids, then they, they'll have a great opportunity to bring that swagger back to Miami. I, I think they just need – I think you need the right kids and the right chemistry where um, – you know, you'll sit there and like, I'm not leaving just to be a third rounder or a fourth rounder. I understand, you know, if a kid said I got a hardship with a family, but if you stick around for one more year, I'm like, you know, I know you're doing without, but you can't do another year without and be able to, you know, you know, take care of your family the way you think you can. You know, the scouts always like, you know, they're always like UM. I, I'm more surprised what I hear when there's players that are going to UM and I sit there and I think the kid from, um, the kid, the kid from uh, a place for Kansas City, he said something about he didn't know nothing about formations. And he plays on the defensive line, and he was at UM, and I was shocked. I'm like, that was a basic thing that we were taught. It's just, you know, playing formations, being smarter in the field, um, being in well-conditioned, and just being that kind of player. And, you know, it's, it's just shocking to see something like that. Yeah. I'm sure his D-line coach cringed when he said that. Because <laughs> that was like, man, that was a career suicide for him when you yeah, when, when a player say something like that. The kid barely said that. And I just, my mouth dropped it around. I was like, man, you're just spending time. But I know um, they're not like it used to be when we were there uh, with the time restrictions and all. But I think you have to take it upon yourself, I think. Yeah, I think there's just a class there now where there's been so much success, so many players in the NFL where they say, I go to Miami, I put the uniform on, I might not be the best player, blah, blah, blah. You know, outside forces telling you what you might be, what you are. And they take that, and then next thing you know, they, they're like, screw that. I think we need to have a solid class that says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, put ourselves in position to get together. Um, like I said last weekend, I was with Coach Stellenberger. And he was talking about Don Shuley. He said Don Shuley came to Miami. He had a three-year plan. Um, the first year they were, the first year they got in. The second year they made the playoffs. The third year they won the Super Bowl. And then Coach Delberger was saying, when I got here, I had a third-year plan. I think we won eight and two. Went to the Peach Bowl. Um, the year they went on probation, he knew about it. He kept going, and that's when Carl Vandeweghe was the quarterback. And then the next year, Pozar came and won the NFL championship. And he says, you know. He thinks Coach Golden has a plan, has the same thing he has. And, you know, you know, man who's, you know, I... Hey, Danny, we got to go to a commercial real quick. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be right back. With but Sports I'll tell you what, this means yeah. so important. We skip the last set of commercials. That's how much we right, value right, talking to. All right, all right. Hey, Danny, it's always good, man. Don't be afraid to call us at Sports Info. You will. All right, buddy. Take care. Hey. Bye. Yeah.
Livingston, Wilmington, and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Wilmington, and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention his ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wilmington, and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. Master Barber Shunton of Precision, has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today, 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. Let me tell you about one of my favorite people. Jimmy's Mobile Mechanic Service, 386-576-3442. Emergency roadside assistant, automobile and diesel repair. From brakes to oil change and radiators and starters. No job too big or too small. Jimmy can do it all. 386-576-3442. Low rates. Jimmy will come to you. Jimmy's Mobile Mechanic, 386-576-3442. In the market for photos, call Swords Photography at 904-885-3541 or email us at swordsphotography at yahoo.com. We are here to serve all your needs from little league to big league and everything in between. Mention sports info and receive a 10% discount. We can be reached by phone again at 904-885-3541 or by email at swordsphotography at yahoo.com. Swords Photography, here to serve your needs from Little League to Big League and everything in between. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to Sports Info UM, World Talk Radio and Voice America. Hey guys, let's talk about a, a little bit about these all of these rookie quarterbacks. We have five quarterbacks already been set to start this season coming up in the NFL. And uh, I guess the, the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he was pretty much expected to start because his offensive coordinator, his head coach, is the offense coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Brandon Whedon, the Cleveland Browns first-round pick, he's expected to start. Uh, he is go- He's already been assigned a starter. Andrew Luck, we all know he was going to start. And Robert Griffin III, we all knew he was going to start the Heisman Trophy winner. But Russell Wilson, third-round pick out of Seattle, has been named the starter. 
Um, they sent their starter from last year. They just traded him to uh, to Buffalo. Um, so what do you think, think about this, Sam? I really think that this kid, Russell Wilson, is something special you, to be named the starter at 5'10", 5'10 half, whatever he is. You know, the first four guys, they don't surprise you. Tannehill in Miami, uh, Whedon in Cleveland, Luck and uh, uh, RG3, everybody probably figured those guys are first-round draft picks. You don't want your first-rounder sitting. But uh, I think the Russell Westbrook story, is a, it, it's a great story. And uh more importantly, it just shows that Pete Carroll is about winning. He doesn't. It, it doesn't matter where you were drafted. He was excited when he drafted uh, Russell Wilson, and a lot of NFL guys said that if Russell Wilson was six foot two, he would have been a top five pick, possibly the number one pick in the NFL draft. But you know, the biggest story is is Russell Wilson beat out Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn signed from the Packers. He signed a three year, twenty nine million dollar contract. He. He, he's going to be a $10 million backup to a, a rookie third-round draft pick. But, uh, you know, Pete Carroll got it right because this guy performed well in the preseason, um, completing 67% of his passes for 464 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, quarterback rating of 119 um, he can run the ball he makes great throws uh, I'm really thinking he's going to be a sleeper I'm trying to work out some trades so I can draft him on my fantasy team <laughs> you know I, I really admire this young man I mean the poise that he has you know when you look at him and his career though he was at NC State the coach literally kicked him off the team because he wouldn't come out for spring practice and he, while he was playing professional baseball now, come on. And then he transferred, had one year left after he graduated from NC State, had one year left of eligibility, went to Wisconsin, had a standout season, and was drafted in the third round and started, picked up their system right away. Uh, it was no, no hitch in the system, no hitch with him at all. He went right to work at Wisconsin, led that team to a big bowl game. They went to the Rose Bowl. Went to the Rose Bowl, yeah. And, you, you know, uh, him going to Wisconsin, picking up the system, that just really could have been a blessing in disguise for him because now you, you, you're you out of your comfort zone. You can't. You you know, when you're a veteran guy in college or the pros, you know the system. You get a little comfortable. But now with him moving, going to Wisconsin, he had to put in that, that, that study time, getting to know his teammates. And not only did he go pick up the system and lead them to a Rose Bowl, he was voted captain by his players. So, you know, that tells you about his leadership skills. Now he's out in Seattle. He's learning a new system, and he's taking a business-like approach. You know, he's getting number three reps. Then they bumped him up, getting second-team reps, got an opportunity to start. You know, it's easy to play. We talked about it. It's easy to play when you're playing against the backups. But, hey, he starts against the Chiefs this past week. What do we do? He completes 13 to 19 passes for 185 yards and two touchdowns. You know, it, it doesn't matter what stage he's on. He, he just performs. He did a great job. He's going to be a week one starter. And, um, you know, I'm really thinking that he's going to do some great things because not only is he pinpoint accurate with the ball, he's he's got wheels, man. He can he run. Knows. He's he athletic. Can. And, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, when it gets what all the critics said, you know, hey, he's not going to start a guy that's 5'10". Why did they draft him? And, you know, hey, if this works out, you know, Pete Carroll's the early favorite for coach of the year. If this works out. Now, uh, this guy, Brandon Whedon, he's been named the starter for the Cleveland Browns. Did you see that hit? Colt McCoy took last year? 
Who yeah. would want to start for the Browns after seeing that lick that Coke McCoy took last year, where he had to, where he had a concussion, left the field, and the team doctor sent him back on the field with a concussion, you know? And Brandon Whedon, this is what he has to face. Man, I wouldn't be surprised if Coke McCoy is a starter after three games because Brandon Whedon can't get back on the field. You know, uh, I, I saw the hit. I'm not going to say it was a function of poor offensive line play. You know, he was scrambling on that play, trying to make a play. He took a hit. Um, you know, if I'm a quarterback and I'm saying anything, if I'm playing for Cleveland, I'm not going to trust the doctor's medical opinion. But, uh, you know, hey, there, there's bigger issues out there. You know, we, we, we got the five rookies starting. We, uh, who's going to be the, the top out of those five? You know, I'm, I'm going to say the guy that I'm going to go with that I'm more impressed with, uh, I, I love the job Russell Wilson did. It's just Andrew Luck. You know, Andrew Luck, he's the number one pick. You expect big things from number one picks. But in some cases, we've had number one picks that have fizzled, uh, Ryan Leaf, uh, a lot of guys that yeah. you can name, uh, Achilles Smith. But you, you're talking about a guy that just looks, looks the part that, that, plays like a veteran that's been in the system. I, I have to go with Andrew Luck. So we got Sam Sword with Andrew Luck, Daryl Oliver with Former your coach. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Russell Wilson. I'm gonna go with the underdog and go with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Hey, but man, um, one more thing. It's almost time for us to go. But this Dez Bryant thing has been on my mind a little bit. You know, the Dallas Cowboys said he's gonna have three security guards for Dez Bryant. He can't go to any more strip clubs. He can't stay out after twelve o'clock. He can't have any alcohol. Um, what what else do they say he can't do? I mean, what what is it? What are we talking about? A thirteen year old? Or are we talking about a grown man? Hey, we're talking about a grown man. You know, um, I, I really like the fact that uh, Des Bryant he he agreed to everything. You know, he is a grown man, and at the same time, Des Bryant have a lot of history of making bad decisions. And you know. Uh, the Cowboys, they're looking out for their best interest. They're invested in Des Bryant. And, you know, they're doing what's best for their investment. But at the same time, you know, he didn't have to agree to the stipulations. The coach said it's about accountability, in, in which it is. You know, Des Bryant, he, he needs to man up and make better decisions. Uh, is that the victors? That is. That ain't the victors. No, that's the Alabama fight song. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you, you don't want to hear that. I want to hear the victors. Oh, that you. That's what you want to hear. Hell to the victors, that right. in hell. Right. You know, I want to hear that because. <laughs> the oh, yeah. You know, you know, we're we're playing this weekend. You know, college football season kicks off this weekend, and uh, you know, there's only three three. Who's we? Who's we? We is the we. University of Michigan. You know, we are ranked number eight, not the University of Miami. But you know, that's a whole nother story. You know, we're playing the number two team in the country, Alabama, in the Cowboy Classic. You know, we 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 say hey. We're not afraid of a challenge. All right, the we're game. Gonna, we're going to play Alabama. This week, Michigan and Alabama. We'll see how Prime it works out. Prime time. I'm going with Michigan all the way. No doubt. We will win. I'm going with Michigan, too. All the way. And, you know, uh, that, that's going to be a great game on this Friday night if you get a chance. Boise State, Michigan State. Hey, guys, we'd like to just thank everybody for tuning in to um, Sports Info UM on Voice America. Uh, you know, continue to listen, continue to support. Uh, we're going to be here. We're not going anywhere. We'd like to thank Roland again for another thank great you. week. I love it, guys. Thanks. Hey, and congratulations to Condoleezza Rice and Della Moore for being accepted into the Gusset National. Thanks again.
again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.